Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Law of Self-Defense, an unplanned episode. I had expected to be tied up today during showtime, but my schedule opened back up. So here we are with a topic I picked just that I realized I was going to have the opportunity to be with all of you once again. And I am, of course, Attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. And what we'll be doing today is uh, looking once again at the Alan Coley slash USCCA kerfuffle uh, by doing, I'll be responding to a pair of videos that I became aware of this morning or perhaps last night um, that seem to be addressing some new release of information about the Alan Coley USCCA situation and coming to opposing conclusions about whether or not USCCA did, in fact, drop the ball with their member, Alan Coley. So, uh, by the way, I don't have anything bad to say about either of the dudes whose videos I'll be responding to. Um, so, guys, just it's just a response video. Please don't give me a copyright strike <laughs> for playing your video as part of my show. Um, I guess I should make the... Uh, I can make the usual... Should I make it formal? I'll read it aloud. The copyright disclaimer on every show I do under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowance is made for fair use of other people's intellectual property for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. And of course, all of you are getting the show for free, at least the fair use portion of the show. All right. So, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and launch the formal start on the same show. Here we go. Oh, did I do it? Here. Hey, attorneys on retainer in the chat. <laughs> nice to see you guys. Hope you're doing well. Uh, did you get my books? I sent you a, a pair of books. Uh, let me know. So uh, I should also mention these two videos I'll be looking at. Um, this is one of them. The first we'll be looking at. Uh, and the account is Tom Grieve. Tom Grieve uh, has a pretty big account, 238,000 followers. Um, appears to be a quite successful lawyer in Wisconsin. Uh, again, nothing negative to say about Tom. Uh, I think I, I have a vague recollection that he's done some work with USCCA in the past, or maybe today um, is still he's, I think he was in a bunch of USCCA videos on, on their YouTube channel, but don't hold me to it. I, I didn't research that. Um, and the second video we'll be looking at is this one. Uh, from uh, the account is Heavy Duty Country, um, a very pro Second Amendment type of uh, YouTube channel. I will put links to both of these videos, by the way, in the uh, description. Um, if you're a Law Self-Defense member, they're already in the blog post version of today's show that will be going up later. And um, he seems like a really nice guy. So I've never met either of them. I think I've communicated with Heavy Duty Country 
maybe by DMs or comments or something, but nothing very substantive. I just said I liked his work. Um, so those are the videos we'll be looking at. And what they're talking about is the Alan Coley case. Now, before I jump into that, um, in the interest of full disclosure, so one of USCCA's uh, largest competitors is CCW Safe. I do a lot of partnering with CCW Safe. I'm not employed by them. I don't work for them, uh, but I am a member of CCW Safe, have been for many years. I'm a member. My wife is a member. They're the self-defense quote insurance company, the legal services company that I suggest people take a look at when they're interested in this kind of thing. And if you decide to do that, I would suggest you click over to lawofselfdefense.com slash ccwsafe. Uh, and if you do that, you can get 10% off your membership using the discount code LAW10. So I really like those guys over at CCW Safe. As, as you all know, I guess, if you watch my content with any regularity, but for the purposes of, of this show, because it may prove critical of USCCA, again, I haven't seen these videos, so I don't know what my response is going to be. Um, uh, I just wanted to put that on the table so everyone's aware of at least my relationship with the competitor to USCCA. So we're here to talk about this case, Alan Coley. Alan Coley was a, a DoorDash driver, picked up food in a shopping mall food court, was approached by this guy on the right. Alan Coley's on the left here. Uh, the guy on the right with the backward baseball hat is a prankster. Uh, he has a friend video him pranking people to create content for his own YouTube channel. In this case, he was kind of aggressively in Alan Coley's personal space. Uh, putting a phone next to him, playing some kind of recording. Uh, Alan Coley was disturbed by this, frightened enough that he pulled out a gun and he shot the prankster. Now, the prankster would survive. Alan Coley was charged with serious criminal offenses, malicious wounding, um, discharge of a gun in a building, crimes along those effects. And he went to trial and he was acquitted of the use of force charges, presumptively on his claim of self-defense justification, he was convicted on the discharge of a firearm in a building charge, which doesn't really make any sense because if self-defense applied, it would have applied. All these acts would have been justified, not just the use of force acts. Uh, so it feels like a jury compromise kind of verdict. Alan Coley was represented by a public defender in his trial. Um, and, and right after Alan Coley had fired a shot into this prankster, he made a call to USCCA because he was a USCCA member. And USCCA, when you become a member, they give you a little like a business card that has their hotline number on it. And it tells you to call them if you're involved in a use of force event. So he did that. In fact, the prosecution in the trial attempted to get that phone call into evidence. The fact that Coley had called USCCA right after the shooting. Um, the judge didn't permit it only because the, the prosecutor made the request too late. It was untimely. Uh, we don't know how the judge would have ruled if the request for admission of that phone call evidence had been made in a timely manner. Um, <clears throat> so the question is, if uh, USCCA was covered, sorry, if Alan Coley was covered by USCCA, which promises to pay for your legal defense without limit, without financial limit, uh, why was he represented by a public defender? Now, there's nothing wrong 
there's nothing inherently wrong with public defenders. I, my first job in the law was for a public defender's office. Many of my best friends are public defenders. Some of the best lawyers I've ever worked with are public defenders. Um, so there's this prejudice that public defenders must be kind of trash lawyers. And that's that's just not been my experience. Um, some of them are truly world class. What can happen, however, is public defenders can be way overworked. Uh, way overworked. I mean, a caseload that's just unbelievable. And of course, that limits the amount of attention they can give to any particular client. In that sense, it can be much more advantageous to have not just, you know, a lawyer, but a private lawyer that's being paid for that has a staff of people to do things like, you know, background research, prospective jurors at the voir dire stage to make sure, look at all their social media, that kind of thing, to make sure they're, they are genuinely uh, unbiased and impartial in your case. So we'd like to think we live in a world where the amount of resources you bring to the legal fight doesn't affect the kind of justice you get, but it, it does. The real world we live in, it matters how many resources you can bring to the fight. And if Alan Coley is represented by a public defender, he's indigent. I mean, that's the only way to get represented by a public defender. You have to basically be dead broke. So that's not a great place to be in terms of a legal defense, just not a reflection on the public defender, just a reflection on the amount of resources that can be brought to bear on these kinds of cases. So the question arose, given that Alan Coley was presented, represented by a public defender, where, where was USCCA, who he had called and spoken with and notified of this event? It seemed like they might have dropped the ball. Now, after this, so this is a, uh, one of my shows that I did about the Alan Coley incident. Uh, Christmas weekend, USCCA, there, I guess he's the CEO, Tim Schmidt, uh, released a video of his own. That's what the thumbnail looks like there, that little inset, um, explaining to the public what happened with the Alan Coley case. And he says, well, we never dropped Alan Coley as a member, but he doesn't really explain what they did do. Where were the resources? And if Alan Coley had the resources, he certainly wouldn't qualify for a public defender. So Tim released that video and didn't really explain away the doubts I had. By the way, I've written on various USCCA topics. I have a, an aggregation page here where you can see all the ones I've done. If that's of interest to you, um, you can go to, let's see, where did I set up that page? I'll put it on the bottom of the screen here. You can point your browser to lawofselfdefense.com slash USCCA, and that'll take you to this page where I have all the various blog posts, largely critiques, critiques of um, USCCA. So let me get rid of some of these that I don't think we need. All right. <clears throat> um, okay. All right. So with that said, I think we're ready to start the first of these videos. And we'll start with Tom, Tom Greaves video. Now, I haven't seen this, folks, so I'm watching it for the first time with all of you. And again, I've got nothing bad to say about Tom. Tom, don't hit me with a, uh, a copyright strike, please. Thank you. <laughs> that would not be friendly. All right, so what really happened? 
If you've been following anything about the United States Concealed Carry Association recently or anything to do with the legal protection, legal coverage in case you're involved in a self-defense gun shoot, you may be aware of the fact that there's been a bit of a controversy that's been stirred mm-hmm. up recently that has to do with a USCCA member. I'm going to speed it up to one and a quarter speed just in the interest of time. In fairness to Tom, I don't want people to think he, he talks that fast. Normally, let's see, playback speed. 1.25. Okay, here we go. By the name of Alan Coley. I'm excited to tell you that we appear to have a conclusion. We appear to have the facts, and I'm excited to be able to share that with you today. So, guys, let's get into it. Tom, I really so like. So, for those of you who don't know, here's a really quick rundown. So, Mr. Alan Coley was and is a member of the United States Concealed Carry Association, headquartered right here in beautiful, though presently very cold, Wisconsin. That's the USCCA. One of the benefits that members of the USCCA get is that if they're involved in something that can be fairly characterized and reasonably characterized as a self-defense shoot, is that their member benefits kick in and apply. One of those benefits is the fact that they get to choose any criminal defense attorney they want, unlimited coverage. Go ahead, pick the biggest, best person, man, woman, doesn't matter. Pick the best attorney you want. The USCCA will stick a check in their pocket. They are now your attorney. Low resolution, that's the gist as to how that works. Well, something came up here where Mr. Coley was involved in a self-defense shoot. You can find the video of his shoot. I'm not going to use it on my channel because my channel is too small. I'll probably get demonetized if I show that video. The bigger channels, for whatever reason, YouTube treats them differently. But you can just put him in, Alan Coley. I don't think you have to worry about it, Tom. I showed it on my channel. My channel's what one one fifth the size of yours or one fourth the size of yours. But just just FYI as a data point, he was involved in a YouTube prankster who was basically kind of picking on him and bullying him in the mall. And long story short, Mr. Coley shot him. And again, super low resolution details. You can see the shoot there. Mr. Coley was subsequently arrested, detained thrown in jail, and ultimately criminally charged as a result of that shooting. He was represented by the public defender's office, not an attorney. And I'm not going to say a USCCA attorney because frankly, that has to do with a USCCA member. Oh no, here's a really quick rundown. So Mr. characterized as a self-defense shoot involved in something that can be fairly characterized and reasonably characterized as a self-defense. Go ahead, pick the biggest, best person, man, woman, well, something came up here where Mr. Coley was involved in a self-defense Sorry, guys. shoot. You can find the video of his shoot. I'm not going to use it on my channel because my channel is too small. I'll probably get demonetized if I show that video. The bigger channels, for whatever reason, YouTube treats them differently. But you can just put him in. Alan Coley, he was involved in a YouTube prankster who was basically kind of picking on him and bullying him in the mall. And long story short, Mr. Coley shot him. And again, super low resolution details. You can see the shoot there. Mr. Coley was subsequently arrested, detained thrown in jail, and ultimately criminally charged as a result of that shooting. He was represented by the public defender's office, not an attorney. I think Tom is just misspeaking there. Obviously, the public defender's office provides an attorney. You're not not an attorney just because you're working for the public defender's office. I I presume he means he was represented by a public defender as opposed to a private counsel. I'm not going to say a USCCA attorney, because frankly, there's really no such thing as a USCCA attorney. As I already described, You can choose any attorney you want. There are certain attorneys with existing relationships in place with the USCCA, such as myself and over a thousand others across the country, but you're not limited to choosing one of those attorneys, any attorney you want. Well, Mr. Coley chose to forego that portion of his membership benefits and instead to take the public defender who he met with presumably in jail during his time in custody. And that basically was the start of a whirlwind of speculation, which basically created a controversy. And I understand where that came from. Right. We have a perception that all. I don't know. 
<laughs> this doesn't sound very credible at this late date. <laughs> I think this I think this explanation is untimely. No offense, Tom, but if if the issue was that Alan Coley simply so liked his public defender that he told USCCA, well, I don't need you to pay for a private counsel. Why wouldn't we have known that at the moment this controversy began? Why would that be hidden in some way? I mean, why didn't Tim say that in his video over Christmas? Private attorneys, people like myself, that all private attorneys who you can go out and hire must be better than all public defenders. Of course, anytime you hear someone using the words always, all, never, things like that, number one, they're probably not an expert. Number two, it's probably wrong. And that's definitely the case. That is definitely wrong here, okay? There are fantastic attorneys in the top tiers of practice who are public defenders. You cannot hire them. You have to be eligible for representation through the public defender's office. And then, and only then, if they are appointed to your case, do you have the option of basically allowing them to proceed with your case? Quick story. I used to be a state prosecutor back what feels like a couple lifetimes ago now at this point. I remember there's this one particular lunch where I sit around with some of the other prosecutors. I'm not going to name names, but somehow we got onto the topic of YouTube's working for me, folks. My YouTube feed is appears to be working. If we were to be criminally charged, if one of us were to be criminally charged with a serious crime, okay, so serious felony, something like that, would we be happy with this one particular public defender or would we hire out uh, to a private bar attorney? I keep in mind, we know basically all the private bar attorneys, not only in our area, but you know the greater part of the state since our area is right next to a major metropolitan area just outside Milwaukee. We were pretty familiar with all the players out there. And as I recall, every single prosecutor agreed that if we had been appointed this one particular public defender, we're not hiring out. <laughs> that person was a battle axe. They were smart. They were tough. They were aggressive. Anybody who had them as a client would be fortunate. I don't know if that's exactly the same type of person who Mr. Coley had randomly appointed to him through the public defender's office. But by listening to how he talked, I'm going to read to you the email that he sent to Tim Schmidt, the co-founder of the United States Concealed Carry Association. It certainly sounds like to me he found... But it's a false choice. I mean, I, I just don't see how that would, <laughs> the scenario Tom's describing would come up because you're only eligible for a public defender if you're indigent. If you're indigent, you don't have the option of hiring a private attorney. So I, I don't understand how anyone would be presented with the choice. Found such an attorney and was fortunate to do so. You don't have to take my word for any of this. Let's check out what Mr. Coley said in an email to Tim. So this email was sent on January 23rd, 2024. It's also linked in the description box below to the USCCA website. Dear Tim, I want to. Oh, I didn't know that. Let me take a look. Let me take a look and see if I can pull that up. I guess he's going to show it to us, right? Let's see if he shows it to us. Address criticism that the USCCA has received about me and the attorney I chose for my case. I'm a member in good standing with the USCCA and continue to be. With the USCCA, I can have the attorney of my choice. I know I could have requested that the USCCA pay for a private practice criminal defense attorney for my case. I chose attorney Pouillard, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that name, but that's the public defender that we're talking about, because he is a great attorney who believed in me and believed in my case. Yes, he's a public defender and he fought for me and won. I am glad that I have the choice and wouldn't change anything about my representation. The USCCA stood by me and continues to stand by me. And I thank them for that. Sincerely, Alan Coley. What Mr. Coley is referencing is the fact that the USCCA... Can I just... I mean... <laughs> if I were a judge presiding over a bench trial and I had to make a finding of fact on the credibility of 
this explanation at this late date, I, I just, it's so hard for me to believe. After his attorney beat the big charges at trial, Mr. Coley was convicted of some small tag-along charges. Because there's, there's no reason the USCCA couldn't have said this at the start. Say, so listen, we, we, we offered him money for a private attorney, and he, he didn't want it. He just he preferred the public defender. All right, fair enough. Not uncommon in cases like this. But subsequent to that, as is typical, there's new counsel that will... I don't know. Someone in the comments is saying, sounds like USCCA offered him some money to write that letter. I mean, I don't have any reason to know that. I, I don't know anything about that. Um, can that kind of thing happen? I suppose so. I don't know that it happened here. Come on to take over for the appeal. And the USCCA has then stepped in at Mr. Coley's request to go ahead and to represent him on those charges. So the USCCA is funding his challenge on the appeal. I believe they posted his bail as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So the USCCA basically downstreamed this entire situation, then got him out of jail, and of course has is paying for his appellate attorney. So why are we talking about all this? We're talking about this not because of Mr. Coley. We're talking about this because of the controversy that has come out of all of this. There's been a number of individuals that I've seen across social media, in my comment sections, people who've actually reached out to my office uh, that I've spoken to over email, through the phone, face-to-face even, who have shared their serious concerns about was Mr. Coley dropped? Because I keep being told that there are people saying that Mr. Coley was dropped or raising that concern that he was dropped. No. As we have now seen, situation closed. But this, these kind of explanations. So <laughs> no one is saying he was dropped. That's a straw man argument. We don't know what happened. All we know is that he had a public defender when he was a USCCA member. So it's quite possible that USCCA didn't drop him, didn't rescind his membership, but still didn't help him. That's what people are asking. Were you taking this guy's money and not helping him? See, there, it's it's this very technical defense. Well, we didn't we didn't drop him. Well, okay, so who cares about that? It's even worse if you didn't drop him if you kept taking his money and then you didn't help him. Mr. Coley was never dropped. He simply did not exercise his right to choose any attorney because he liked the public defender that was in front of him. I get it. Like I said, maybe he lucked out and found that one guy. What I want to address with this video, though, again, is that controversy because it seems to me that there is a path forward. I know that we're never going to see eye to eye, perhaps myself and others about what's the finer points of the best legal protection plans. I certainly have my views and I respect the views of others. However, I think a couple things have to be said for the record. One, there was a rush to judgment by a number of individuals and groups who coincidentally also profited enormously from raising those questions. And well, I don't know if it was a rush to judgment because this is not the only case. We also have the case of Kayla Giles, who was a member in good standing of USCCA. And she had to sue them in federal court because they stopped paying her legal expenses. And, and their only explanation, so I got the court documents from the civil suit, and the only explanation, USCCA or Delta Defense or any of these companies that form up the greater universe of USCCA, the only explanation they ever gave in those court documents is they just believe they don't have a legal obligation to pay. That was it. And she got convicted. Murder, 
She's doing life in prison. She uh, she shot her husband during a uh, custody swap in the parking lot of a Walmart down in Louisiana. Um, and now USCCA hides behind the fact that she got convicted. See, she was a murderer. She got convicted of murder. But, you know, there's always a chance of getting convicted, no matter how innocent you are. That's just noise in the system. And, and would she have been convicted if she'd had the resources that USCCA promised as a member? We'll never know. We'll never know. I mean, now they say, well, you know, we did everything we were supposed to do for Alan Coley. He got convicted, too, on the discharge of the weapon in a building charge. Would he have gotten acquitted on that charge, too, if he'd had more legal resources? So I'm not sure it's a rush to judgment when it's it's at least the second time this appears to have happened, the failure to cover a member. always standing by ready to go but just the same it was a peculiar getting their motives for doing it i think that they certainly also profited sorry i forgot to swap back said for the record i rewinded a little one there was a rush to judgment by a number of individuals and groups who coincidentally also profited enormously from raising those questions and frankly stirring up the controversy i'm not questioning their motives for doing it i think that there can be an absolutely a mile wide room of having a good faith discussion when any individual or company seems to make some sort of, I don't know about the stirring up the controversy, the controversy was stirred up by the conduct of USCCA or the lack of conduct, the absence of conduct It became, it, it's, it's a topic of public interest. We're allowed to talk about it. We're allowed to ask questions and make observations. I mean, I, I don't know what's being suggested here. Should we be prohibited from talking about this kind of stuff? decision, although in this case here, as we now know, the OCCA didn't make any decision. They were seemingly always standing by ready to go. But just the same, it was a peculiar situation to be in. And I think that there's... Tim doesn't say that in his video. <laughs> we were always there ready to go. He just didn't want us. It doesn't seem weird. You'd pay all this money to USCCA and then, you know, month after month after month, hundreds of dollars a year in membership fees. And then you're actually in a shooting and you're like, nah, <laughs> never mind plenty of room for a good faith discussion about why are we here? What's going on? We have to be searching for truth. And in order to search for truth and to have that free. Wait, wait, we're, you're a lawyer, Tom. I'm a lawyer. When we search for truth, what do we do? We ask questions, right? We bring in witnesses. We subject them to direct examination. And then when the other side brings witnesses, we subject those to cross-examination. I, I mean, asking questions is what we do expression and free thought we that's how we arrive at truth need to have room for error we need to have room to get things wrong that's not an issue here the issue here is now we know what the truth is the question is what will happen next will we now continue to see certain parties pushing what we now know to be a false narrative or (laughs) do we now know it to be a false narrative you have to believe this email you have to believe this explanation. We heard for the first time in this video. This has been going on for months and months. Are we going to see some healing happen here? I don't know. That's not my ball here. And I want to be emphatically clear. I'm not throwing bombs. I've had conversations with, uh, well, frankly, I think most of these people. And everybody was actually really nice to, uh, to chat with and to get to know a little bit. 
um, both on the phone as well as in some cases in person. And I don't wish anybody just for the record, I don't I don't believe I've ever spoken with Tom, but that which is fine. That's not a criticism of him. Just so people are aware. I, I know some of the other lawyers who've commented on this case. Uh, critical of USCCA who have spoken to Tom and said he comes across as a perfectly nice guy. But he ill out of all this. But I just want to make sure that hopefully we all learned something about rushing to judgment. We all learned something about pushing what turned out to be a false narrative. And some people made a lot of money off this. I get it. And we will see if we continue to see the same thing happen again and again and again on every single little case that we see kind of this negativity that comes out of this. But at the end of the day, this is a really small pro two a community that we have, and it'd be a shame if there's unnecessary controversy for no reason other than just to drive dollars here. Well, it was for a reason. People pay a lot of money to be a member of USCCA. I mean, all, all these plans are not inexpensive. It's hundreds of dollars a year. And... uh if someone is paying all that money and then it appears they're not getting the benefits of membership and that happens multiple times, that that's not just fabricating controversy. It's we'd like to know what's happening. And, and by the way, to believe this explanation, we have to believe that for all this time, since this broke months ago, USCCA had this explanation that at the time, Foley was being represented by a public defender. He had told USCCA, no, I'm good with my lawyer. I don't need you to get me a private lawyer. And they withheld that information, although they were, I'm, I'm told, losing members like Niagara Falls over this controversy. And they chose not to stop that bleeding by simply explaining what happened, if this is what happened. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and again, leaving room for having open and free debate about which policy is better or which coverage is better and this and that. And I mean, instead of an email at this late date, if USCC had been informed by Alan Coley that he didn't want his member benefits, when did that happen? Is this the first time that communication is happening? Because then it's no excuse. The only way it's an excuse is if USCCA had been informed of that decision at the time, and was that a phone call? Was was that an email? I mean, we're not even really shown this email. So we don't know what date this communication happened. I don't know. We can certainly have those conversations, but hopefully... I, I don't know if Tom has a financial relationship with USCCA or not. Um, we won't have conversations based off of rampant speculation, especially when they turn out to be untrue. I realize I'll probably get lots of hate for this. I'm intending this in the best of spirits. Hopefully people take it that way. This is meant to be productive, not destructive. And um, hopefully this can be put behind us and we all move on to something bigger and more important. Thanks all. I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the video. If you enjoyed this one, please feel free to check. All right. And again, folks, I'll put a link to uh, to Tom's video here. Check out his channel. Uh, Oh, I see he's did a video supporting Paul Harrell. That's a very nice thing to do. Paul Harrell is a uh, uh, a huge figure in the gun community. I think he's got a, a million, two million something subscribers for his YouTube channel. And and tragically, uh, he's got pancreatic cancer and he does not appear to have long. Uh, and uh, there was a, a number of people in the gun community who were trying to get 
I think his Twitter subscribers to a million or some effort like that, just as a, a nice gesture. So I, I certainly supported that. Um, and uh, Tom did as well, it appears. So that's a nice thing to do. Okay, so that was Tom's explanation. So you know, and it's another funny thing there is he keeps talking about the uh that people made a lot of money um over this controversy. Well, USCCA was losing a lot of money, I'm told, over this controversy. And why wouldn't you stop that bleeding by just providing this explanation? I mean, if there's no bad blood between Alan Coley and USCCA, just ask him, hey, do you mind if we explain to people? Why would he say no? You did, by this explanation, you just did what he asked you to do. It's very strange. So, but but this like this people made a lot of money uh, is is over this controversy is an, an attempt, of course, to impugn their motives. Whatever Tom may have said explicitly, that's the only reason for making a statement like that. Uh, but does USCCA would do they have a financial incentive to make this controversy go away? Would they be willing to pay a lot of money to make this controversy go away? I mean. That's not unreasoned speculation, right? We, we consider things like motive and incentives. All right, so that was Tom. Now let's take a look at heavy-duty country. And I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I, I don't actually know. I'm not sure I know his name. I'm terrible with names anyway. Uh, sorry about that, dude. Not, not trying to be uh, obnoxious or anything, but this is his channel. 656,000 subscribers. This, this is a huge channel. In contrast, folks, my my YouTube channel, if you're watching this on YouTube, has got like 57, I think, 57,000. All right, so let's take a look at what heavy-duty country has to say. Let's see, how do I do this? All right, uh, eight minutes. And in fairness, I'll play him at the same one-and-a-quarter speed. Whoops. Okay. So here we go. And by the way, uh, just to um, put this in context, Heavy Duty Country has been uh, explicitly critical of the USCCA, at least as critical as I've been um, over this case, maybe more so. I, I haven't watched a, a ton of his content. What I've seen is very good. So I've been getting some emails from some very staunch USCCA supporters saying that I owe them an apology and I need to come out with another video. So as per request, that's what I'm doing. You guys asked for this. So let me start with the apology. I want to take this opportunity to apologize to Alan Coley, USCCA, and everybody involved for absolutely nothing. Or in the great words of Conor McGregor, you guys think that little Twinkie Dink email is selling anybody that's not as dumb as a doorknob? Okay, why don't we go over it then? So this is from Alan Coley to Tim, and it says, Dear Tim. Uh, I'm just going to pause it for a second. So January 23rd, 551. So that's what, a, a week ago? That's a week and a half ago. So last Tuesday, Tuesday last week. John Browning's birthday, by the way. Oh, no. Yeah, it's January 23rd. So we got this letter on John Browning's birthday. Um, all right, back, back to the show. Tim, I want to address criticism that the USCCA has received about me and the attorney I chose for my case, who chose is uh, 
the wrong word, but we'll get to that. I am a member in good standing with the USCCA and continue to be with the USCCA. I can have the attorney of my choice. I know I could have requested that the USCCA pay for a private practice criminal defense attorney for my case. Ooh, whoever directed you to write this isn't familiar with the law, but we'll get there. I chose once again, Attorney Pulliard, because he is a great attorney who believed in me and believed in my case. Yes, he's a public defender, and he fought for me and won. Mm, no, he didn't. You still have a guilty charge. So he won one of the cases, but he didn't win. Sure, if you want to call it a win, call it a win. But for me, a win is a full acquittal, not a half acquittal. I am glad I had the choice and wouldn't change anything about my representation. The USCCA stood by me and continues to stand by me, and I thank them for that. Sincerely, Alan Coley, USCCA member. Let's start with okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that USCCA drafted that email. How would I know? But if USCCA had wanted to draft the email, I think it would sound a lot like that. With the bottom, what normal dude has USCCA member as their email signature? You guys put this out and uh, you've had people contact me to, I guess, run interference. People telling me to be careful and, oh man, the truth is coming out. This is truth. Fuck my God, for Alan Coley's sake. I really, really hope it's not. Allow me to explain. Let's start with the attorney I chose for my case. Buddy, you were appointed a public defender. They're appointed by the court from tax dollars. You didn't choose shit. Then he goes on to say, I am a member in good standing with the USCC. Well, let, let me touch in, in fairness. Um, so, of course, the public defender is assigned to you. You don't get they, they don't give you like <laughs> like a, uh, a menu of public defenders and you get to pick which one you want. The public defender's office will assign one to you. But in fairness, after that one has been assigned, if USCCA had come to him and said, hey, do you want to stay with your public defender? or Do you want us to pay for a private attorney? Then a choice is being made. Okay, so you're telling the USCCA this like like they don't know, or was this email meant to hit a bigger population of people, or was it crafted that way? That's a that's a fair criticism <laughs> of this uh, of this email, right? Why would you have to tell them you're a member? They know you're a member. I mean, <laughs> I would have a hard time believing that the CEO Tim Schmidt needs to be informed that you were a USCCA member. Koofy as. Dude, and the fact that anyone is buying this is is just okay. Let's get on to the more important stuff. With the USCCA, I can have the attorney of my choice. I know I could have requested that the USCCA pay for a private practice criminal defense attorney for my case. Do you know that that statement is committing perjury? No, you didn't. Okay, well, let's look at Virginia laws for a second. When you apply to have a so, <laughs> I, I know where he's going with this. Uh, my very first job in the law was for a public defender's office. I was not an attorney then. This was before I went to law school. I was an investigator for the office. And one of my jobs as an investigator was to interview uh, defendants in jail and take a survey of their assets and resources to see if they qualified as sufficiently indigent to be a public defender. And, and the threshold is pretty low, folks. It's you, you really have to be broke. But then I didn't just take their word for it. I had to investigate and see if they had a house or a car or other assets, interview people. Is this guy really broke? Uh, that was all part of qualifying someone to be to see if they could qualify for a public defender, if they were sufficiently indigent. And, um, yeah, you, you're doing all that under oath if you're the criminal suspect. So, 
public defender, you have to fill out a form in Virginia. And that form is under oath, meaning that if you lie on that form, let me read exactly what it says. The penalty for false swearing with regard to statement of indigence. Any person charged with a felony who shall falsely swear or who shall execute the statement provided, knowing such statement to be false, shall be guilty of perjury punishable as a class five felony in Virginia. Now let's go to what one of the USCCA attorneys is confirming in his comments on his last video. So I'm on the outside, genuine questions. Alan had the choice to use his membership covered private attorney and knew all of his options through USCCA. And knowing all of the options available to him, he chose a public defender. Correct. Now, unfortunately for USCCA, they did not look at the court transcripts. Alan Coley said that he chose the public defender, but he was arrested in early April. And the court transcripts show that the public defender wasn't appointed to him until early May. So you're saying that he knew about all of his benefits from USCCA, that he could have used them, but he chose to wait an entire month, decline his USCCA benefits just to use a public defender that hadn't even been appointed to him yet. And people actually bought this. But <laughs> so this is, uh, I have to say, this is great stuff. I'm not sufficiently interested in this controversy to have done this kind of <laughs> research. So I'm glad that somebody is. But uh, yeah, are we to believe that Alan Coley sat in jail without a lawyer when when he could have had a lawyer immediately? And maybe maybe the lawyer could have gone to his arraignment and argued for bail so he hadn't didn't sit in prison for months. I mean, he probably wouldn't gotten a bail, but Alan Coley wouldn't know that. He's not a lawyer. He doesn't know what the standards are for bail. You'd, you'd want, obviously, a lawyer. Not today. Not a month from now. So now to believe this USCCA explanation, we were to believe that Alan Coley shot the prankster, called USCCA, and then willingly sat in jail for a month before a public defender was assigned to him. Told USCCA, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to keep my public defender, the one he didn't have yet, the one he didn't have for another month. I don't know. I don't know, USCCA. This is, I'm really struggling with the credibility issues here. But instead, he risks a class five felony for perjury, which is one to five years in prison, just to use a public defender instead of his USCCA benefits. And people are believing this. I mean, look at the form that you fill out. See where it says other there? The attorney that did the, uh, I don't know, payback video to show that, I don't know, they're saving face or whatever. That video has no credibility, period. He's giving USCCA credit for something that legitimately never happened. Listen to this. I believe they posted his bail as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. So the USCCA basically downstreamed this entire situation, then got him out of jail. Have you done any research on this? It is the most talked about thing in the news. The fact that he was denied bail from the moment he stepped in jail to when he was let out for time served. Bail was never ever an option. But here you are saying USCCA bailed him out. I believe they posted his bail, then got him out of jail. The are you talking about, man? It just shows you know nothing about this. And you're just taking orders from USCCA. So let me get down to brass tacks because honestly, I'm done talking about this. This is stupid. There are two outcomes that come from this. One, Alan Coley knew that he had an unlimited defense budget from the moment he called them right after he shot the guy. And he decided to risk being in jail for one to five years for committing perjury just to use a public defender and not 
his USCCA benefits. Or USCCA has orchestrated this whole thing and it's a flat out lie. Those are the only two outcomes. And I really hope it's not the first one because Alan, you may have written this or had someone write it for you or taken a deal from USCCA just to help them save face. But by doing so, you've admitted to a crime. So for those of you who think in Europe, it's Creek without a paddle, I recommend you go to Attorneys on Retainer and you sign up and you drop whatever else you have because Attorneys on Retainer, they don't have insurance involved with this. They're a law firm with a ridiculous amount of experience. They cover bail, which Alan Coley never got from USCCA. They cover your case all the way through trial. You don't have to use. And by the way, folks, I've, I've spoken with the attorneys on retainer guys, and they, they come across to me as very smart, capable attorneys. So if you're looking for coverage like this, uh, as I said at the beginning, I do a lot of partnering with CCW Safe. I got my little discount code and all that, but no, no one of these plans or offerings is perfect for everybody. Uh, they all have different features, strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and so I encourage you to make an informed decision. Uh, the one I can't recommend, of course, is USCCA for obvious reasons. Um, I'm a member of CCW safe, but the guys over at attorneys on retainer is, uh, you know, worth, worth taking a look at seeing what they have to offer. Cause it is different. It is different than, um, CCW safe. Yeah, it just ran out the last of the video. Sorry about that, folks. Um, I'm going to let him do his his pitch for uh, attorneys on retainer here. I think that's right where I paused it. In fairness, I want to I want to let his video play out just like I led for Tom's. Without a paddle, I recommend you go to attorneys on retainer and you sign up and you drop whatever else you have because attorneys on retainer. They don't have insurance involved with this. They're a law firm with a ridiculous amount of experience. They cover bail, which Alan Coley never got from USCCA. They cover your case all the way through trial. You don't have to use a public defender, and they're not going to recommend you use a public defender because at the end of the day, you don't have a choice on if you can use a public defender or not. It's protected by law. And also the owner of Attorneys on Retainer, he's a Marine salt of the earth. And like me, he really gives a shit about the Second Amendment community. That's why this whole thing started. So we're giving you $50 off when you sign up. Also, they just opened their merch store. This is one of them. They got a bunch of other shirts. Go represent your self-defense coverage. And look, if USCCA wants to continue this, that's fine. But you're not going to play me as an idiot. And you're sure as hell not going to play the Second Amendment community as an idiot. And I'll end with this. USCCA, why do you think all of your people who used to promote you on YouTube have stopped abruptly. Why? Maybe it's because the stuff you're selling to people who can't comprehend anything and will just take this at face value. Maybe they're not those kind of people. Maybe they have a brain. You guys asked for this. That's where I chuckled last time. That maybe they have a brain remark. All right. So that's the end of Heavy duty countries response, I guess, to uh, Tom's video and USCCA's claim. So, I mean, we all make our own evaluations of what we find credible and what we don't find credible. And I'm really struggling to assign much credibility to this USCCA explanation here. But that brings us to the Q&A portion of the show, which is only for Law of Self-Defense members. Right now, we're streaming open access to YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, and, of course, on our Law of Self-Defense member dashboard to our members. The YouTube, Rumble, Twitter feeds are about to end. If you're a member, don't go anywhere. If you're watching this on the member dashboard, we're going to continue the show 
with the Q&A portion, just for members. The good news is it's dirt cheap, dirt cheap to be a Law Self-Defense member. You can get a two-week trial membership for just 99 cents, folks. Unlimited member access to all our members-only content, to transcripts of every show, to the Q&A portions of the show, just 99 cents for a two-week trial membership. And after the two-week trial, it's still dirt cheap. It's only about 30 cents a day, less than $10 a month to be a Law of Self-Defense member. But you can at least try it out for 99 cents, right? Lawofselfdefense.com slash trial for that trial membership. And with that, we will uh, transition out of the open access streams. So YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, it's been great. I hope you all have a safe weekend. Law of Self-Defense members, don't go anywhere. I'll be back in about 20 seconds. Whoops, let's do this. 